Chapter 32 Claire burst into the train, holding a giant rifle and with one leg covered in blood, barely pausing to hit the controls to the door before running for the engineer's booth. Sherry knew that they were in trouble, that it was going to be close, so she didn't waste time asking questions. She followed, relieved beyond measure that Claire was okay, but keeping it to herself. Okay, she's okay. We're going now. A small, tinny version of the intercom voice and the alarms blared out of the tiny room's control board. There are two minutes until detonation. Claire had dropped the oddly shaped rifle and was hitting buttons, throwing switches, her attention fixed on the console. A giant mechanical hum suddenly enveloped them, a growing, whining rumble that made Claire grit her teeth. Sherry couldn't tell if it was a smile, but she smiled as she felt the train lurch and started to move, taking them away from the platform. Claire turned, saw Sherry standing behind her, and tried to smile. Claire rested one hand on Sherry's shoulder, but didn't say anything. So Sherry didn't either, waiting to see what would happen. The train started to go faster, sliding past dimly lit halls and platforms, the tunnel in front of them dark and empty. Sherry let the warmth of Claire's hand remind her that they were friends. That whatever happened, Claire was her friend. And then she saw a man, a policeman, stumble into the view ahead on the left. And then the train was gliding past him, his eyes wide and searching and desperate in his dirty face. Claire, I see him. Claire turned and ran out of the booth, her footsteps clattering through the metal train car, sprinting to the open door. She hit the control and the door slid open, the booming, grinding sounds of the subway billowing into the closed space. Leon! She screamed. Hurry! She jerked back suddenly, a wall sliding by, and spun around looking as desperate as the man Leon had. And another second she turned back and closed the door. Did he make it? Sherry asked, realizing that Claire couldn't possibly know, even as the words came out of her mouth. Claire came to her and put an arm around her as the train kept going faster, and her face nodded with worry. And the voice on the intercom told them that they had one minute left. And the door in the back of the car opened, and stumbled Leon, his arm wrapped with a shredded, stained bandage, his hair matted with dark, dried goo, his eyes bright and blue in the mask of dirt. Full throttle, he breathed. Claire nodded, and Leon blew out a heavy breath. He staggered towards them, the train shifting back and forth. Speeding now, rocketing through the tunnel. He put his arm around Claire, and Claire hugged him tightly. Ada? Claire whispered. Anne, the scientist? Leon shook his head, and Sherry saw that he might cry. No, I didn't know. Thirty seconds until detonation. Twenty-nine. Twenty-eight. The woman's voice kept counting down. The numbers seemed to come twice as fast as they should. And Sherry buried her face into Claire's warm side, thinking about her mom, mom and dad. She hoped that they'd gotten out, that they were safe somewhere. But they're probably not. Sherry could hear Claire's heart pounding, and she hugged her friend tighter, thinking that she would think about it later. Five, four, three, two, one. Sequence complete. Detonation. 
For a second, there was no sound at all. The alarms had finally stopped, and the clattering movement of the racing train was all that there was to hear. And then there was an explosion, a muffled sound, a sound that kept going, growing, becoming huge. Sherry closed her eyes, and the train rocked suddenly, horribly, and they were all thrown to the metal floor as bright, burning light flickered through the window. As the sounds of a car crash blasted all around them, heavy thumps raining over the roof. And the train kept going. It kept going, and the light went away, and they weren't dead. The blinding flash dissipated, faded, and Leon felt the tension leaking out of his body. He rolled onto his side and saw Claire getting up, reaching for the hand of the young girl next to her. Okay, Claire asked the girl, and the child nodded. Both of them turned to him, their faces expressing what he felt. Shock, exhaustion, disbelief, hope. Leon Kennedy, this is Sherry Birkin, Claire said, saying the words carefully. The slightest accent on Birkin. He got the message even without the intensity of her gaze, nodding his understanding before smiling at the girl. Sherry, this is Leon, Claire continued. I met him when I had just gotten into Raccoon. Sherry returned his smile, a wary, too adult smile that seemed out of place. She was too young to smile like that. One more rotten deed to lay at Umbrella's door, innocence stolen from a child. For a few seconds, they just sat on the floor, staring at one another, smiles fading all round. Leon hardly dared to hope that it was really over, that they were leaving this terror behind. Again, he saw his feelings mirrored in front of him, in Sherry's worried brow, and in Claire's tired grey eyes. And when they heard the distant squeal of the metal, coming from somewhere at the back of the train, he didn't see any surprise. A rending, tearing screech, followed by a heavy, somehow stealthy thump. And then nothing. Should have known it wasn't over. Zombie? Sherry whispered, the word almost lost in the gently clattering sound of the speeding train. I don't know, sweetie, Claire said softly, and for the first time, Leon noticed that her left leg was ripped to shit, blood oozing from several ragged scratches. He'd been too amazed at his, at their narrow escape to see it before. Uh, how about I go take a look, Leon said taking his cue from Claire, keeping his voice mild and even. No point in scaring Sherry any worse. He stood up, nodding towards Claire's leg. Uh, Sherry, why don't you stay here with Claire? Keep an eye on that leg? I'll see if I can find some bandages while I'm checking things out. Don't let her move, okay? Sherry nodded, her small face intent with purpose. That again was too old for her years. Got it. I'll be back in a minute he said, and turned towards the back of the swaying train, praying that it was nothing, nothing at all, and knowing better, as he reached for the Remington and went to see. Leon opened the door. The sounds of the rolling train amplified for a second before it closed behind him. Claire couldn't see him enter the next car from her position on the floor, and wished she'd been in shape to go with him. If there was something else on the train, Sherry wasn't safe. None of them were. Don't think like that, 
It's nothing. It's over. Like it was with Mr. X. What should I do? Sherry asked, pulling Claire away from the disheartening thoughts. Direct pressure, right? Claire nodded. Yeah. Except we're both pretty grimy, and uh, I think it's going to start to clot. Let's see if Leon comes back with something clean. She trailed off, her thoughts going back to Mr. X. There was something nagging at her, but she was a little dizzy from the blood she'd lost. G-Virus. He wanted the G-Virus before. Why had Mr. X come to the subway platform? Why had it been trying to get inside the train? Unless... Claire struggled to get up, fighting her swimming head and the throbbing pain in her leg. Hey, don't move! Sherry said, a look of deep distress in her eyes. Leon said to stay still. She might have been able to overcome her physical problems, but seeing Sherry on the edge of panic was too much. If there was some G-Virus creature on board, if that was why Mr. X had come, Leon would have to face it alone. She couldn't leave, Sherry. If Leon didn't come back, she'd have to figure out how to detach the train car, or stop the train so they could get off before the creature could get them. Claire shut the thoughts off, forcing a smile for Sherry. Yes, ma'am. I just wanted to make sure he got through the second car. She could see the relief sweep across Sherry's face. Oh. Well, forget it. I'm taking care of you now. And I want you to stay still. Claire nodded absently, hoping that she was wrong. Hoping that Leon would be back any second. Bam! 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 The thunder of the Remington was loud and clear. Sherry grabbed at her hand as two more shots blasted the hope from Claire's fuzzy mind as the train sped through the dark. The second car was clear, the same wide open space that Leon had entered the train by, all dusty steel and not much else. Whoever had designed the escape vehicle had obviously figured umbrella employees would just have to be packed in like sardines. Just us three, though, and our stowaway. There was nothing to see, but Leon moved slowly, nothing less carefully scanning the shadowy corners, stealing himself or whatever was in that last train car. Whatever it was, it couldn't be as bad as the thing that jumped him in the cargo room. The burking thing. If that was what it was, the thought that the creature had anything at all to do with Claire's young friend was deeply unsettling. Even obscene. A monster and a madwoman, both destroyed, both parents of a little girl. He reached the back of the dim and rocking train car and peered through the door, pushing all of the thoughts aside as he tried to make out anything at all in the last car. Darkness. And nothing else. Hell. Maybe there wasn't anything to see. But he had to look. He felt his heart start to pound fresh adrenaline through his body. Felt his weariness fall away. Nothing. It was surely nothing. It felt bad. It felt wrong. Last thing. Very last thing. He took a deep breath and opened the door, stepping into the loud, whipping breeze of the outside, holding onto the rail. The rattle of the train drowned out the thumping of his heart as he moved to the last car, opening the door and stepped into darkness. Immediately, he raised the shotgun all of his senses telling him to run as the door slid shut behind him. He reached back, slapping for a light switch. Darkness, but there was a powerful smell like bleach or chlorine, 
and there was a soft sound of wetness, of movement. A single bare bolt flickered on in the middle of the car as he found a button, and he thought for just a second that he'd lost his mind. A thing, a creature that wasn't even vaguely humanoid, except for a strange, pulsing tumour protruding from one side. A slick orb that looked very much like an eye. Birkin. The creature was a giant, stretching blob of darkness, of slimy matter spanning the width of the car. Leon couldn't tell how tall it was. The Birkin thing had thick streamers extended out, tentacles of wet, elastic goo attached to every part of the space in front of it. The ceilings, walls, and the floor. And as Leon watched... The alien beast pulled itself forward, the dark limbs contracting, bringing the mass of body a few feet ahead of where it had been. Not crazy. He was seeing it, seeing the brackish moving colours of black and green and purple in its tentacles as it stretched out again, the viscous material latching onto the metal of the car somehow, dragging the blob a few more feet ahead. The body itself was nothing so much as a gaping maw, a wet cave that still had teeth, and that would reach him pretty soon if he didn't snap out of his disgusted stupor. Leon aimed into the giant hole of its mouth and pulled the trigger, pumping another round, firing, pumping, firing, and then the shotgun was empty. And the giant semi-liquid thing was still moving steadily forward. He didn't know how to kill it, he didn't know if the rounds even had damaged it. His mind raced for an answer, for a solution that would end the terrible life of the G-Virus monster. He could detach the last car, fire through the pins and chains that held it together. If he could find the locking mechanism, and it would still be alive, still living and changing into the blackness of the tunnel, becoming something new. The stretching elastic of its nebulous form inched forward, and Leon reached back for the door control. He'd have to try and hooking the cars. There was no other choice. Unless... He hesitated, then unholstered his magnum and pointed it at the impossible mass, at the strange tumour that peered out of a slit in its rubber flesh, in the eye that had been in every form that Birkin had taken. Careful aim. And... The effect was immediate and total. The heavy round piercing the sphere and a hissing, screaming whine or whistle pouring out of the toothed maw, like nothing on earth, like the howl of something mechanical and insane. The trendles of unformed matter shrank inward, turning black, shriveling. And the thing imploded, pulling in on itself, withering into a steaming black mess less than a quarter of its original size. Like a deflated beach ball, the gelid blob wrinkled and shrank, collapsing into a flattening thickness, drooling itself into a wide puddle of blubbering slime. Suck on that, Leon said softly. The last bubble was popping, the pool a dead and inanimate thing. He watched it for a few moments, thinking about nothing at all and finally turned to join the others, to tell them it was over. <sighs> First day on the job, he thought. I want a raise, Leon said, to no one at all, and couldn't help the grin that broke across his face. A tired, 
sunny grin that faded quickly, but for the few seconds he wore it, Leon felt better than he had in a very long time. Leon was back, and had found a jumpsuit that he'd torn to pieces and used to bind up Claire's leg. All he'd said was that they were safe now. Although Sherry had seen him and Claire exchange a look, one of those, we shouldn't talk about it right now, looks. Sherry was too tired to take offence. She snuggled into Claire's arms, Claire stroking her hair, the three of them not talking. There was nothing to say, or at least nothing for a little while. They were alive, on a train thundering through the dark, and from somewhere not far ahead, a soft light came filtering in, coming through the window in the control booth, and Sherry thought it looked very much like morning.